It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Let's go, back to your huddle. On Giants.com. Tempo, tempo, tempo. And the Giants mobile app. Go, 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 part go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Yeah. Paul Dottino here on the Giants huddle with the immediate reaction to the Denver Broncos 27-13 to victory over the Giants at MetLife Stadium in week one. Howard Cross joins us following the game. And Howard, certainly a lot of things disappointed the fans tonight, but let's just start with the fact that Saquon Barkley was able to play in this opening game, coming off of that ACL surgery a year ago. Uh, pretty remarkable that he was able to do what he did, and thank goodness, at least at this point, it appears that he came through healthy, finished uh, the game with 10 carries for 26 yards, also caught one pass for one. Yeah, great job by Saquon coming in. I think that uh, the Giants kind of did the right thing by limiting him today because they played Washington uh, Thursday night and just a quick turnaround for a guy coming off from the ACL surgery. You don't want to really push that. I thought he did a good job running the ball, had a couple you know, plays where he went into the pile, pushed it with his legs, and really showed his power. Uh, saw a couple times, though, you know, him trying to make quick cuts that his feet just weren't quite under him. That comes with running the ball at full speed. That comes with being in practice. That also comes with being in kind of either preseason or game shape. So his legs are really strong, but weren't quite game shape ready. So I think you'll see over the next few weeks, he's going to look more and more explosive every time he gets gets another rep. Let's spend a couple of minutes here talking about some of the Giants who were dinged up during training camp and did not get a lot of work. Guys like Rudolph, Tony. Galladay. Mm-hmm. Now, Galladay wound up with four four catches for 64 yards, but unfortunately a lot of those were kind of after the game was decided in the fourth quarter. He looked fresh. He made some contested catches. I think that's certainly something to build on. I think Galladay is a big-time receiver. Watching him tonight, I you know kind of admired him from afar when he was in Detroit, but actually watching him tonight, you can see he got a great catch radius. Uh, he makes contested contested catches. Guys know when he's on the field, they have to pay special attention to him. And even when you're paying special attention to him, he can go up and get the ball. Uh, I like that he's in short areas, deep, whatever it is. He's going to be a guy that Daniel's going to start looking for more and more now that he watched that. Because when the quarterback sees it, hey, look, I can throw it to this guy and he can make a play. And he's going to start doing that. I look forward to him over the next few weeks doing that more often. Now, we mentioned uh, Rudolph, or I did, and Tony just before. Rudolph didn't get but a couple of targets. Tony got a couple of opportunities. But given that they didn't do a whole lot during the course of summer camp, wasn't that realistic or was it unrealistic for people to expect them to be a bigger part of the offense? I think Rudolph was more forced into action because of the, you know Ingram being out. I think Rudolph would have had like a little bit of the Barkley kind of thing of some special plays here and that. But because of you know, Ingram being out, he needed to play every down. As far as his pass catching and everything, he only had a couple targets. Uh, and, and that's nothing more than there just wasn't a lot of opportunities on offense. They, they just they didn't get a first down and they were out. The, the, you know, Denver kept the ball forever. As far as Tony, Tony is a really fast guy, fast twitch guy, very explosive. If he's not in quote-unquote game shape or being used to being explosive and hit, he could tear something like immediately. And with COVID and everything else, you know, keeping him out of practice and his injury, keeping him out of training, it's almost impossible to put him in in a full-time role. He's going to have to really work his way into the into the rotation and work his way into reps because if he does anything crazy, God forbid, if they if they come around next on the on the, the bubble screen or running him around and he gets open in, in the sprints, he's definitely going to grab a hamstring or something because their bodies are just not used to it. 
Now, when you look at this offense, uh, they're down 10-7 at halftime. They get the 42-yard catch by Slayton on the third snap of the game, which was their real explosive big play early on. They weren't able to build on it, only had four possessions plus a kneel down in the first half as Denver controlled the clock. So how much of that was circumstance and how much of it was the offense not necessarily getting the spark that they needed? It was, it was a little bit of both. I, th- I think it was more the Denver's uh, being so, so good at, at what they were doing. Uh, they were doing a quick, Teddy Bridgewater was a, like a two-read quarterback. Uh, he drops back and looks, and then he finds his, his, his first guy or second guy, and they did it over and over and over again. Uh, and then the defense it wasn't able to, to stop the crossing patterns. They, they were playing kind of, I don't want to say they're playing out of position, but maybe the wrong technique just to, to stop crossing patterns. So with that con- continuously happening, the offense is over sitting down watching the game. So if you don't get a lot of opportunities, you have to make the most out of every opportunity you get. That first drive, the 46-yard pass, everything looks great. Then you bring Tony in to run him on the underneath bubble kind of screen. It's a given play. That's the play he ran in college. Von Miller sprints on field goals. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for him to do it. So it wasn't a surprise. Not that it's a knock or anything on the play call. It just wasn't a surprise. So now you're out, three and out. Next time you see the ball, it's 15 plays later. And then you, you got to score. You, you get a score, great. Next time you see the ball, it's 13 plays later. You, if, it, if those kind of drives continue, it's going to be hard for the offense to get a rhythm and get going. They, they weren't playing this explosive catch the ball down the field. If they were going to Galladay early, maybe it would have been different. But... For me, Howard, I thought the game really turned with the Giants up 7-3, four minutes left in the second quarter. Logan Ryan forces a fumble inside the five, recovers it. The offense goes three and out and does nothing with the ball there. The Broncos come right back and score a touchdown right before the end of the half. So not only do they have the lead at 10-7, but they get the ball to start the third quarter, and they go 75 yards in 16 plays. Now it's 17-7 before you touch the ball again. Well, again, when you get the play down here, you're you're deep in your own end zone. It's it's a great play by Logan Ryan, but the ball is inside the 10. So you're not going to drop back and throw the ball down the field because you're going to get sacked in the end zone or get a hold in the end zone. They try to run the ball. Denver's run defense was excellent tonight. They get maybe two yards. Now they got to throw a ball out in the flats. The ball wasn't caught. They were throwing behind them or however you want to say it, misconnection. Now you're forced to be into a third down. You catch the ball, but you're tackled right away. And you're one or two yards short. You have to punt the ball, but you have to make the most of every play when you get when you when you're back there. That's the only way to do it. Daniel Jones, 22 of 37 for 267 yards and a touchdown. I know there were some late fourth quarter numbers that added to that, but for the most part, I thought the pass protection was actually pretty decent. I think the offensive line did a great job in pass protection, which was you know the thing that everyone was complaining about and worried about and trying to figure out what was going on. The run game, they struggled. But the pass Surprising, though, right? Yeah, they did only gave up the two sacks, but as yeah. you said, the run game was the problem. The run game was like the Denver's run defense was pretty good. Von Miller is a very good run defender. I mean, people don't give him credit for just, you know, making sacks. Anything. He's a very good run defender. And those interior defensive linemen, they did a good job. So you you got to figure it out. That's why we rotated offensive linemen, trying to find a combination and see if we can get a way to get some blocks and maybe get ourselves upfield. All right, so at that point, after that opening uh, third-quarter touchdown, it's 17-7. to 7. 
Denver, Daniel Jones winds up getting caught where he gets the ball punched out on a scramble as the Giants are driving to try to keep this game close with a score. Uh, a lot of people will look at that and say, okay, same old, same old. I just thought it was a good defensive play. No, it was a great defensive play. Daniel did everything right. You know, the only thing he can do better maybe is slide. Uh, but when he's going to the ground, he knows he might get hit. He has both hands on the ball really tight. He's trying to curl up, and the guy actually pokes the ball out with his fist to knock the ball out. It's just an excellent play. All right, so now Denver has the ball back, and, of course, they start milking clock. They wind up getting a field goal, and it's 20-7. to Now, we all know with the Giants down by two touchdowns early in the fourth quarter, that's not a place you want to be. No, but, you know, what was surprising to me is that uh, they, they didn't go into a hurry-up offense. Uh, I thought that the Giants would have gone into a hurry-up offense, try to get some shots down the field, try to move for a score. It looked more like they were trying to, like, you know, make sure the defense didn't just run back out on the field because they couldn't stop them. They were trying to figure out a way to get something positive to build on this game, looking forward to the next game. But they, you know, they did what I, they know what they had to do. All right, let's talk a little bit about this defense. We've talked about the fact that Bridgewater escaped a lot. The truth of the matter is, for me, when I looked at his numbers, and they're darn good, okay, uh, 28 of 36 for 264 yards, two touchdowns, ran three times for 19. It wasn't so much the overall numbers, it was when he did it, because they seemed to get near him but couldn't finish him. You know, the, the big thing is that this is just part of, of what I say, what, what happens in training camp. When you're not used to playing the game speed, you're not playing in preseason games, and you're not you know, actually having those contacts that you're used to having or supposed to have in the game, you don't do it in this game. Guys are coming free and they're bumping him. They're not hitting him. They're not tackling him. They're bumping him. They're not taking him to the ground. They're still trying to figure out how to how to wrap a guy up and get him to the ground. Later on, you'll see guys, those plays will be completed. Which Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, talked about yeah. this week. Yeah, it's, it's just a hard thing. Not doing a hard thing for these guys to do. I saw several times when guys had their heads on Teddy. Teddy's not like this monstrous, strong guy. He's, 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 he's not Culpepper. Yeah, he's not. He's not known for like the big stiff arm knocking guys to the ground. He stiffed on one of our linebackers, knocked him to the ground. And I'm like, wait a minute, like what is going on? So you're watching guys and you're trying to figure out how to quote unquote get to him. And when you do get to him, you got to get him to the ground. And him rolling around, he only scrambled a little bit. It wasn't like he was scrambling a lot. But you have to get to him, and you can't second guess yourself. And when you get a chance to hit him, you got to hit him. Yeah, there was that one time where Old Jolari had him and wound up uh, letting him get away and turned out to be a touchdown pass. He did have a sack also later on in the game. We talked about Tony, but let's talk about Old Jolari for a second. Overall, what did you see in his debut? I saw a kid that was a guy, got a great burst, got a good, got a good pass rush coming off the edge. Uh, needs to be a little more secure when it comes down to the run defense. I know he, I know he played okay in a, when he had a few run opportunities, but he's got to be secure with him. I know he's going to be resting that knee. Uh, he's got to kind of be on the pitch count because of the injuries and how his leg is, but you can watch him. I think that you're going to be able to count on him this, this year for some, for some sacks. I think he's going to you know, add to the pressure. The person I was surprised that I was, was looking for to have a great game was Lorenzo. You know, I was like, I'm like, he's, I'm like, he's going to have this great day. And he just, he was there, but he just wasn't. Yeah, that Carter was, couldn't finish like a lot of guys couldn't. I was looking for him. I was like, come on, man, where are you? And when you, when you, you got to have those guys be there. you got to have two guys be there. And it's going to be interesting to see when and, and how long it's going to take them to get themselves up to speed. Now, also looking at this defense, they gave up seven of 15 third-down conversions mm-hmm. and three of three fourth-down conversions. 
didn't even look like in those situations the Broncos had much respect for the Giants because they just figured, okay, it doesn't matter where we are in the field, they're going to go for it. I thought that was rather startling to me. I think that they kind of figured out that they, 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 that we weren't able to defend the, the crossing pattern early, and they started until they saw the, the defenders get to the inside and start playing them inside out. They're like, okay, we'll just run a crossing pattern, put the, put the defender in a trail over and over. It just was easy success, and it made easy reads for Teddy. So if you got a guy, you snap the ball, all of a sudden the first guy's crossing your face, you know there's going to be this guy or it's going to be the next guy behind him. So you have a double crosser every time. You know, the in, your crosser or with an end cut behind him, he knew what he was looking at right away, and, and the same two guys over and over. Mm-hmm. And no matter who they were, it would be the inside guy and the outside guy, they'd be coming across the field at him the whole time. And if you don't play inside out to force that guy to bubble way over the top to change the timing of the pattern, it's just there. And they couldn't, they couldn't find a way to get to that. Uh, I'm sure Patrick's going to be looking at that and trying to figure that out, but he will not, definitely not put that on film again, having guys in that position. We talk about the game being three parts. We haven't addressed special teams yet. I didn't see a lot to really think of personal, uh, positively or negatively on specials. It seemed as though it was just kind of there. Um, they had one opportunity to down the ball inside the five. And they weren't able to do that and wound up being a touchback. But other than that, I didn't think anything really glared out. I thought the kickoff return looked really nice. I thought they had a couple of returns. They kept the ball, took the ball six, seven yards deep uh, and took the ball out. Risky past, business. Yeah, but took it out past the 25. By so, board. Yeah, so you figure uh, out past the 25, seven yards deep. Those are over 30-yard returns. So we had two returns over 30 yards. I think that's all right. All right. So... If you are Coach Joe Judge now and you come off of this opening day loss, you know you've got Washington in five days. From a psychological perspective, how are you dealing with your team as they lick their wounds? Right now, I'm telling my team, first off, from an offense standpoint, hey, we got to make the most of our opportunities when we're out there. That means that continue with the great pass blocking. We did a good job. It's going to get tougher. Let's get ready for it. It's not going to just be one guy coming off the edge or one guy that's a great pass rusher. Teams are going to start blitzing us. They didn't get a lot of blitzes tonight, so they made out. In the future, you're going to see more blitzes. Be ready for that. As for the run game, that's about want to, guys. That's what it is. It's all about want to. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to want to beat the guy in front of you. It's not always technique. It's not always scheme. Sometimes it's you wanting to beat the other guy. you got to want to move him off his spot. And that's going to be something he's going to be preaching to these guys a lot. From a defensive standpoint, he's, he's going to talk to Coach, Coach Graham and he's going to say, listen, we got to make plays. We can't have the team going like 50% or 60% third down against us. We can't have guys even daring to think about uh, you know, beating us in fourth down or playing us in fourth down. And by the way, all that stuff that happened last year doesn't count. New year, new season, I need you. Now, I've been telling you that the whole time. Now you see it. Pick it up, and he's going to go to certain players. I won't call anybody out. You have to go to certain players. And say, hey, I need you to pick it up. You're making money. I need you to pick it up. And that's what those are going to do. As far as special teams go, they're going to get more and more opportunities. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the, some of the big plays in that as well. But I don't think they're that far away. It's a bad loss. I think it's a very bad loss. But I think that it was kind of, you know, almost expected. No one's playing. This is almost like their fourth preseason game that they haven't played yet. Even Joe Judge had said that going into this game. Yeah, it's like your fourth preseason game and not playing your starters for whatever reason because you're trying to keep them healthy, trying to make sure they're safe, whatever. It's football. If they don't start playing football, by the time you start playing football, real games, real games count against your record. So this is the first real game, and everybody's saying, 
It's just like our last preseason game, but this one counts. Was there anything that you saw tonight schematically or from any individual player that surprised you, that kind of caught you off guard and said, geez, wow, I didn't see that or I didn't think they were going to do that? No, I think mostly just seeing Galladay's range and, and, and how you know how his, his catch radius. He fought for a couple of catches tonight really hard. Yeah, like not only the contested catches, but you saw him throw the ball over the middle. He reached out. He was so far out and catching the ball. Man, that is that's pretty good. It was like it was like he knows they can't they can't take a shot at him, so he's just using all of his length to go get it. I thought that was really good. I thought Shepard came up big and played strong tonight, and I was I was very impressed with him. But outside of that, you know, the offensive line holding up in the in the uh, pass game is pleasantly surprising. But like I said, it's going to get it's going to get rougher for them. They're going to, they're going to see Chase Young, probably one of the best edge rushers in the league, uh, next week uh, Thursday night. We had heard so much positivity from the players and the coaches going through training camp. And they say every game counts exactly the same. But even um, Peppers, Jabril Peppers, told me last week, opening night is different. It counts more emotionally. Do you buy that? And now that they've lost this game, is it a harder loss to put away? No. I, I think this one, unfortunately for them, is going to be really easy to put away. They, they should have a whole week to think about, you know, so they can get it together. They don't have time. Like, this game's coming up Thursday night. You have to be ready. You have two days, and one day's travel. So you only have two days to get yourself ready, and you're supposed to be, in theory, you know, working out tomorrow and watching the tape. There's going to be none of that. They're going to work, work out and get the game plan for the next week to start trying to put it in before you know it. They're going to get their game tapes and start watching what happened in the Washington game yesterday. They, they got a lot to do in a short period of time. So this game, as much as it should be rubbing them and, and upsetting them and making them look at and try to learn from, they can't learn from it because they got a game right away. All right, that is Howard Cross talking about the Giants' 27-13 opening night loss against the Denver Broncos here on the Instant Reaction of the Giants Huddle. You can catch this and all of your other New York Giants podcasts on the New York Giants app and your podcast platforms everywhere. Until next time, I'm Paul Dottino. So long, everybody.